Welcome to Markitecture, where you can get smart fast with in-depth interviews with leading technology vendors. I'm Ari Paparo. I'm here with Manu Palai, the Chief Product Officer of Live Intent. Uh, thanks for being here, Manu. Thanks, Ari, and thanks for having me today. So the company's push over the last several years has been around identity. So tell me about your identity products. Let me take a step back and explain how the product works. So you have tags within email, and then you also have tags that are on website. So when you have an email open, we are able to actually deterministically link that open signal or the content open, whether it's an ad click or a content click, we are able to deterministically link that with the website interaction. So you click on an ad or content within the newsletter and you land on a page that has our JavaScript which we have at scale today. So we are able to deterministically link that. And then as a result of that, we are able to create an identity graph, which allows us to link a hashed email to the web channel. Okay, so the user opens an email on any device, right? It could be in there, it could even be an Outlook, right? Uh, and you have their hashed email in that email. They click on it and now you're on a regular web browser where potentially you could do a first-party cookie or a third-party cookie. And now you have an identity link. That's between correct. those things. That's Sorry, not an identity link. That's a trademark oh. phrase. <laughs> Another company which has the same life in, in there. Now, what do you do with that information? So we are able to actually help publishers. So from a use case perspective, you know, one of the popular use cases, a lot of publishers are actually looking to take control of their data and they have a newsletter program. And then by this mechanism of creating an identity graph, we are able to create a private customer graph for them. So for example, if I have multiple properties and I want to unify my identity across my properties, and then I want to have an identity graph that powers it, they could use live intent technology to essentially create a private customer graph. And in addition to creating the private customer graph that we make available to them, we also provide them real-time APIs using which they can actually resolve the identity of the user. So we solve for addressability in a big way when that yeah. go away. Right. So because this is first-party cookie, so the publisher may have a user who's anonymous on their browser, but you actually do know who they are in That's some up. form, right? So they have APIs. They also do sort of a bulk download of the graph and put it in their DMP or CMP. Yeah, it depends on the use case. So all of those cases are supported. So if they want it in a certain platform, we would provide that. Or if they want it in their own, let's say if they want it in Snowflake or if they want it in their own uh, location, they want it in their clean room or you know, depending on mm -hmm. where they want it, we make it available for them. And then they could also do a real-time API to resolve the identity when the user is on the web. Now, in addition to this, we also have integrations with Prebid and other herbiting solutions. So we can pass what we call a non-ID. We create a non-ID, which is really the hashed identifier, the token that's created of the hashed identifier, which then can be passed into the bitstream through your standard uh, user ID module in Prebit.js. Right. Okay. And you say it's a non-ID. That's your trademark. Non. That's, it's not N-O-N, meaning a non-ID. It's, it's just a trademark. That's right. It's a trademark. And one of the philosophy behind this is that we're not trying to be the universal ID or token in a post-third-party cookie world. The, the philosophy behind this is that we could be a bridge identifier into ecosystem identifiers to provide the scale necessary. So a lot of yeah. companies take the approach of essentially having a logged-in environment to create an ID, which is an email-based identifier or a token that they generate. But the reality is that not many people actually log in. So there's a scale issue. Yeah. 
we are uh, we are able to successfully link these email. We see about 90 million users every day on the email channel. And then we are able to link that deterministically. And as a result, we are able to provide the scale so we can bridge it to any ecosystem identifiers. Now, if the publisher chooses that they want to have their own or they want to use non-ID, we provide non-ID into the bitstream. But if they say that, well, we need another ecosystem identifier to be passed, we allow that through a configuration option with the publisher control. So really flexibility that we provide to the publisher and publisher is in control as to what they want to do. Right. So I want to kind of repeat back what you said, because I think it's interesting. So you have a publisher, they have a pretty big email list. They know who the users are, but on a day-to-day basis, the users may be showing up on the website, non-logged in. They may be going to Cisco websites or other places. And so what you're able to do now is when the run an auction from the emails that it has identity, but then also because the user is the same user and they've clicked through, you're pretty much able to identify that same user on the web properties and send that ID through the RTB streams or any ID through the RTB streams. That's cool. monetized better. That's cool. you in the publisher configuration. Right. And do the DSPs have to adopt the non-ID? Yeah. I mean, as with any ID, the DSPs have to adopt the non-ID. Uh, so yeah. that's an evolution that we are seeing right now. And the biggest challenge today is that cookie is so that the pace of alternate identifier adoption, as you know, is, is not as, you know, as everybody wants it to be. Thanks for listening. To hear the complete interview, subscribe at architecture.tv. Thank you.